Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Coming up on today's wrestling news is a top star set for a surprise Survivor Series return. A WWE star was buried hard on last night's Monday Night Raw. WWE have finally killed the worst gimmick in wrestling. And Triple H sees this WWE star as a personal project. I'm Adam Wilborn. I'm Michael Humphrey. And this is the news. So yes, we are just days away from Survivor Series. Me and him are going to be doing a live stream for it on Saturday night, so do join us for that one. There may well be jelly involved, that's all I'm saying. Uh, But yes, there could well be a Survivor Series surprise in store for us. Last night on Raw, Bianca Belair teased who the final member of her team could be and then got, well, booed quite a lot when she revealed (laughs) it was only going to be revealed on SmackDown. But now... Fightful Select, no crap, just Sap, Sean Ross Sap of Fightful Select have come through with a very interesting report suggesting it could well be Becky Lynch making a return at Survivor Series. Uh, she's obviously been out for the last, what, four months or so, injuring herself, suffering a separated shoulder, uh, wrestling Bianca Belair at SummerSlam, of course. Um, but Fightful Select writes that uh, Lynch will be back in WWE sooner rather than later with the promotion, quote, discussing and planning the multi-time champ as a potential War Games entrance. Didn't see this one coming. No. Um, WWE have done an all right job, I guess, of setting up two or three potential people that would fit narratively quite nicely into the babyface team at War Games. Becky Lynch is one of those people. She mm. was last seen getting decked by Damage Kataro the night after SummerSlam. So they've got a storyline driver for her to want to return in this situation. It just didn't seem like this would be the destination. She's this massive major star. The WrestleMania with, match with Ronda Rousey seems likely. Yeah. So the Royal Rumble felt likely. So this, not that this would be a bad thing at no. all. It just sort of preempts, I guess, our expectations collectively for the Becky Lynch return. There are other people lined up that made just as much sense as Lynch, but it felt like Survivor Series would be more of a landing spot for them. I mean, Survivor Series, you expect big things anyway, and we're going to speculate mm-hmm. a little bit later on on the Twitter questions as to who the final entrant in that team could be if it's not a Becky Lynch, for example. We expect big things, obviously. It's a big form mm-hmm. pay-per-view, but you and I were just discussing in the office the fact that WWE announced a press conference following Survivor Series, which is so unique and has never been done before by any other wrestling promotion, <laughs> makes you think that something even bigger than, you know, just the normal matches yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, it just feels like um, 
the visual that probably they want from the press conference is not, for example, a post-Clash at the Castle love fest where everybody slaps each other on the back, but indeed the image of Triple H sat alongside this big star, this yeah. big name. It, like, it screams thumbnail potential, yes, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. As, as well we know sometimes. <laughs> and it just feels like they want to create a talking point or immediately get on top of the conversation that's going to follow right after the show mm. goes off the air. That, unless it's something they want to set off going, that would be the best way to kick this new, like tradition they might want to be trying to set up yeah something that AEW has been able to benefit from not always but like <laughs> yeah typically the, the post uh, pay-per-view press conference generates stories after the stories mm. so it, you know it's not to read that WWE would want to launch that in a big way more on the uh, brawl out fallout in a little while as well I um, didn't know you were referring to that but let's talk about Mustafa Ali it's a, it's a bad time to be that guy unfortunately mm. he's got bruised ribs he's just been knocked out of the World Cup by Ricochet of course on Smackdown in a really enjoyable match uh, and then he got his ass handed to him again yeah. last night. I mean, I don't know whether it was because, yeah, Ali's just sort of stuck together with tape right now. I thought Austin Theory looked huge yeah. on last night's Raw. He decked him, beat him in a match, A-Town down, simple stuff like that. But um, along with all this, we now know that Seth Rollins is going to be defending the United States Championship in a triple threat match uh, against Theory, Austin Theory that is, and uh, Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series. And after the match... Lashley gets into it with theories, jaw jacking on the mic. He sort of goes, yeah, I beat the crap out of this twat too <laughs> regarding Mustafa <laughs> Ali. And as if that couldn't get any worse for Ali. Yeah. So Lashley and Theory get into it. Brawl. Uh, Theory gets chased to the back. Goes, oh, bloody hell, let me throw something at him. There's Ali just going, oh, bloody hell, I'm in a bit of a bad way. Yeah. So Theory throws Ali at Lashley who goes... Oh, never mind about theory. I'm going to kick the crap out of Ali. And he chucked him back through Gorilla, back out into the entranceway, chucked him into the screen, beat him up again. It's a bad time to be Ali. He has won just one match on Raw since June. Um, do you think this is part of a bigger story or is this just a real punishment for you? You want to try and leave the bloody company? I don't know, man. It's not great, though. I think there will be some people that will race to WWE's defence here and say, look... He's featured, he should be bloody grateful to be on yeah. television, and they wouldn't feature him if they weren't going to use him long term. Look, elements of that may be true. There may be something where Ali finally kicks out of the situation that he's in and goes on this great run, and maybe, like, I'm talking ultimate, ultimate optimism here. There's yeah. a, say, like a WrestleMania program centered around the fact that he had to pick himself up from the very, very bottom, scraped himself off the bottom of the barrel. But wrestling's not real. You don't need to attach people so steadfast to the bottom of the barrel yes. in the first place. It's so often that a losing streak gimmick, instead of it being about the story after they turn it around, it's just left with the taste of being a loser in the <laughs> yeah. eyes of the fans. Um, it, there's nothing worse. Well, there's one thing worse than being a loser in your own storyline that's being a loser in a storyline that isn't yeah. even yours. That's what's happening at the moment. You know, typically at this time of year, after Survivor Series, it would be TLC. I know Triple H is doing away with the gimmicked pay-per-views and there's not one this year. Uh, it would be convenient how... A wrestler would throw a ladder or a table or a chair, at, like or stairs, and they would suddenly do that every single week in the run-up to TLC. This is happening to Moose Ali. He's suddenly <laughs> a gimmicked weapon in somebody else's feud. It's not to say that the sky is completely falling around him, but I just think you have to be very, you have to tread very carefully with quite how much you bury somebody because a lot of fans never forget. Yeah, I'm, I, I may be a bit, a bit of a blind optimist on this one because I think there is a bigger story going on. I think having watched what they've done with Austin Theory and how they've turned it around with him in recent yeah. weeks, I think Triple H has got a plan for Ali. I think he's insanely talented, obviously. He was meant to be in the role of Kofi Kingston, let's not forget, for yeah. Kofi Mania. Um, that was it injuries, I think it was, that, that took him yeah, out of that. that's right, yeah. So... 
I think there's a big, bigger thing here, and I talked to Sidge about this on the SmackDown preview, saying I think I thought he was going to lose against Ricochet. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting his ass handed to himself every week, so he spirals down and down. I think he's going to snap. I think he's had stables in the past, and he was a SmackDown hacker. Just chuck that in there as well. But I think there is scope for him to to have some sort of heel character. I'm not suggesting he needs a big stable necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think this is all part of a bigger character change. It better be, because like you say, otherwise he's just getting buried for no bloody reason. Well, after Moose Fartley, uh, Johnny Gargano, Ricochet himself, and probably others I'm forgetting at the moment that have proven that Triple H's favourite way to push baby faces is by killing them first. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great habit to get into, ideally. We'll if break you down to... into dust, yeah. and then we'll build you up Austin Theory, another one. It's the, eye. the idea of just that being the new way that people get pushed, I wouldn't necessarily support. No. Long term, anyway. Uh, well, good news coming from last night's Raw. The worst gimmick in wrestling's finally finished. <laughs> Akira Tozawa is no longer a ninja. He has been a ninja for 890 days. Oh, bro. Michael Hamflet. Yeah. Uh, he adopted that character at Backlash 2020, if you remember. With us. And who could forget it? Uh, but he appeared on last night's Raw looking a bit more like sort of Dragon Gate Tazar. He had blonde hair. Uh, he was in red and white wrestling gear. Yeah. He was still in a bit of a wacky comic, comedy character. He leapt into JBL's arms. He stole his hat. He basically mm-hmm. was pissing the legend off yeah. to distract Baron Corbin, who then got nailed with the Claymore for Drew McIntyre to get the victory in that match. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tazawa is great. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, throws himself into whatever he's given by WWE and has made the ninja character work. But I'm glad that we maybe just get to see Tozawa, I don't know, wrestle now. Yeah, honestly, like the bin monster that swallowed the Street Profits at Backlash 2020 should have taken that gimmick with it on the night. Uh, How we found ourselves in that situation, I can only assume was yet another case of the worst excess of the pandemic. We had wrestlers fighting over eyes. It's things we don't want to revisit for you. It's the opposite of AEW, isn't it? I look back on that time really fondly. I never want to think about pandemic WWE ever again. And clearly nor do WWE, and this is just the latest thing they're trying to remove. I would pump the brakes on getting too excited that everything is randomly fixed. You know who else uh, once ran around the ring in a bit of a caper, sat in the commentator's lap and even stole their headwear? Max Mini winding up Jerry the King Lawler during the, during the Minis match at Ground Zero in Yards, yeah. or indeed any match from that division yeah. in that era. This is a step forward, but in terms of progressive thoughts and how all wrestlers should be tracked on television, it's still so many leaps backwards from where an Akira Tozawa needs to be. The Ninja Garb is gone, but the memories of him nearly being eaten by a shark remain and linger. Yeah. And booking like this are not exactly going to erase those overnight. I think maybe it's because I was like, oh, God, why is GABL on my screen? Oh, thank God, Akira Tozawa's here. Oh, if it, if it like, ends up with him booting his head off <laughs> rather than just taking his hat off, yeah. I think that'll be something that we can celebrate a little bit more. Exactly. Good news, the, uh, the gi is gone. Yes. Well, there's a long way to go. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Um, right, let's finally conclude by talking about Triple H and his personal project. Can you guess which former NXT star he rather likes on the main roster? Former NXT star. Former NXT oh, star. Like Tiffany Stratton all lined up and everything. Oh, I don't know. Fill me in. Finn Balor. Finn Balor is a, quote, reclamation project. Have I said that right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, For Triple H, now he is, you know, all powerful, basically. Uh, There's a joint report. In judgment day. Yeah, as we all are here at What Culture. Yeah, uh, it's a joint report that reports this from Give Me Sport and WrestleVerse. They've been teaming up quite a lot recently. Good little tag team they work uh, very well together. Balor and Levesque. Levesque? Levesque? Levesque. Levesque. Yeah. Uh, have always really liked each other. Uh, and Triple H has just looked on and gone, ah. Oh. When Vince yeah. used to just be like, I'll give Finn a bit of a push. Uh, no bollocks. He got injured <laughs> in one match. Yeah. And therefore he's tarnished in my eyes forever. Because... Vince was an idiot. Um, Yes, he sees him as a a reclamation project. Uh, They report saying, Hunter has always believed in Finn. He always checked on him daily following that injury at SummerSlam 2016. Um, And the Enduo have enjoyed a tight relationship throughout their shared time in WWE, even after Balor was called up from NXT. Look, I think Balor's doing great stuff with Mm. Judgment Day. Um, And yeah, he's always been someone that I think we always go, let's go, ah. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear something like this because this can be a, a comeback of, I don't know, Gareth Bale-esque uh, comparisons. Perhaps, perhaps. What's wrong, USA? Couldn't you score more than one goal? You know, the comparison is true as well because if you look at Finn Balor, he's uh, older than he perhaps looks and he maybe hasn't got many of those big matches in him. So really, to find yourself falling short of a guy of his advancing years is really quite... Anyway, um, no, it's good news. It's genuine, earnestly good news, this. Um, and it speaks to... So Finn Balor is obviously set to wrestle AJ Styles on Ooh. Saturday Survivor Series, which, again, like, is, can still be perceived as a dream match because people have very fond memories of the TLC yeah. 2017 match. Uh, he also worked the singles match against Edge at Extreme Rules that led to that incredible big finish. The match wasn't great, but the big finish was memorable and yes. it certainly helped elevate the Judgment Day from where they already were. And he's obviously positioned as a big deal. So getting put in the big singles matches while being at the centre of this hot stable, to now hear this news supports this idea that you know wrestlers that seem to be positive influences can work in collaboration with management and can achieve. Yes. And it sends a good message, I think, to the rest of the locker room that no matter what stink might have been on you, that's not the case now. Uh, Triple H might put a brand new one on you, Moose yeah. Ali. But theoretically, if there was anything that you were worried about in the past, that is now gone. Yeah, that's my only concern now. If Triple H goes, I really like this guy. Let's uh, build him up. But first, let's destroy him. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on to your Twitter questions. At what culture WWE, of course, you want to get in touch with us. Uh, first question today comes from Derek D Rock Felix, who says, Morning, gents. Uh, Jey Uso is definitely accidentally super kicking Sammy in the War Games match. Mm. This could either cost the bloodline the match and start the slow turn against Sammy, or KO becoming blind with rage and costing him. 
his team the match. Your thoughts? I thought I'd ask this because you've got a really interesting theory yeah. about what happens in War Games. So I'm kind of married to this fantasy booking now because it existed before War Games did. I had this idea where there'll be Kevin Owens and Jey Uso brawling in one corner and Sami Zayn staring down that corner with a halluva kick lined up and which way does he go? And even if it looks as if he goes for, if he's going for Owens, Owens pulls Jay there anyway and it's Sami hitting Jay, a flip of that. Yeah, Sami hitting Jay with a halluva kick and Jay being knocked out to cost the bloodline the match and then the aftermath being, well, we know what happened, but what was gonna happen and that where, where Roman might doubt Sammy's loyalty or things like that because we had a bit about we talked about this on the Smackdown Review podcast what culture wrestling wherever you get your podcast from there was that little look as well from Roman the other day of like are you the weak link in this yeah <laughs> Are you not you see after all <laughs> honorees? So yeah, anything that casts doubt on Sammy. But more importantly, of course, remind you that Sammy and Kevin Owens' relationship is is the real one. Yes. He's not an honorary use. He's a lifetime Steen and Generico. <laughs> like, that, that's what really matters more in his life. So any play on that is gonna be tremendous and gripping and weird. Best storyline in wrestling. I think right it now. is, and I think the fact that we can all see where it's going is part of the fun. Even if these little details are different to what we project, the bigger picture feels very much in place. Cody and Roman, Becky and Ronda, and Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Yes, please. And, I mean, and Stone Cold versus literally whoever. I don't care. Anyone. Not bothered. Not bothered at all. Not bothered in the slightest, actually. Sick, whoever you like. Second question today comes from Frank, Frankly Salinas, who says, Morning, lads. With the history in War Games uh, with uh, Mia Yim, who's now called... Meechin. Meechin. Uh, wouldn't Nick... Wouldn't Nixon Newell be the best fit for the final person for Team Bianca at Survivor Series, or will they go for the easy choice of Candice LeRae? So we mentioned this earlier. Different theories about who could be that final member. I don't know whether the fact it's been revealed on SmackDown has changed your thoughts on this or what? Uh, a little bit. Uh, the mystery being left. If, if it remained that shadowy figure in the graphic for Saturday, I think anything other than Sasha Banks would scan as a disappointment, which makes me think it's not going to be here because mm -hmm. they're revealing it on SmackDown. It's in Boston. There's still all the rumours swirling about Sasha Banks. We talked about a press conference as well. It just feels that would be the perfect move. Or it would, worse, it would disappoint if it wasn't yeah. here. So you risk kind of like alienating people in the building. With it being announced on SmackDown, you've, I think, uh, Nixon and Ultiga Knox, for those that don't know, like... Yeah, so I, I just realised I've said, I've said Mia Yim there. And I, I don't know why I said that. I meant Dakota Kai. Dakota, yeah. I've just got my, my brain's all over the place. But you know what? You know why that is? Because Dakota Kai took me out of that match to get in to turn on. So there's so there's there war games law. There. There's war games law. Uh, Candice LeRae is undefeated in WWE Canon War Games in NXT. She was seen as this, and she's got like this past where she's worked very hard hitting matches before, and obviously she only recently appeared uh, as a victim of a damaged Katoral beatdown. So maybe that could be the surprise comeback. Shonaflair, as Vincent Man would say, is always lurking there, thereabouts in people's fantasy yeah. booking, and to bring her back. As a unknown quantity, as a babyface, can you can the team trust her? You know that's the mm. X factor. And of course, Beth Phoenix was laid out and flattened by Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley on Raw was put over as kind of the difference maker on the heel team. So having her natural rival stepping in now I really like that. would indeed you know make sense. It's I think it's a huge hook for SmackDown. Genuinely, yeah, I think it's, it's really it's, really exciting to see who's going to be. For me, my pick, none of those that you've mentioned, mm -hmm. considering. Their history with not only members of the heel team but also the war game stipulation. I'm going with the bin that Io Shirai put <laughs> on her head. Yeah, my favourite war game spot, I think ever. That it's, it's up there. Like. It, 
it was one of the few bright spots in the pandemic for me. I'm like, maybe everything's going to be all right. I love um, spotlights being cast on inanimate objects as well in the commentary. It's the bin! And like, me, like Eel Sky has to sell it. No! I thought, the I thought history, it was, the lore of the, the bin. The lore of the bin. Right, Scotty gives a, a final question today. Writing a non-MJF question, gents. Who from NXT and AW Dark would benefit from a well-booked Best of Seven series? Now, I, I'm a particular fan of NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to name quite a few here. I think Nathan Fraser yes. would just, uh, just for the fact I get to, would get to see him guaranteed seven, to, well, minimum four. I've just seen him anyone with Axiom as well. Yeah. Seen them so do. more of that. Yeah. But like him with Carmelo Hayes or Wesley, mm-hmm. I would I would love to see. Stacks, obviously. Naturally. Or Tony D. Um, but there's some great guys on AW Dark. What's happened with, with our boy, Anthony Agogo? So Anthony Agogo is currently uh, making moves in progress wrestling. My guy. Kick, kicking ass. He's uh, kicking open the door for Beast Mode himself, Bayarki Fenway. Um, of course, having, yes. Having failed to help Wickham get promoted in the playoffs of League One last season because of Mighty Sunderland. Breeze past them at Wembley 2-0. Um, he has moved on into wrestling um, and Anthony Agogo goes open doors there. He was uh, a sort of semi-regular feature on Dark and Dark Elation. He was doing commentary as well. Yeah. Repping the factory. He's cool as out. And to be honest, uh, I think the time away, as much as he's really, really missed, um, anything away from that is only going to season him and bring him back yeah. better than ever. We hope sooner rather than later. I've got a guy that's kicking around on Dark and Dark Elevation oh. at the moment. You probably won't have heard of him, but... No. Um, so he's picking up wins. Uh, he's actually got a title outside of AEW, and they're oh, allowing him okay. to defend it on these shows. Uh, you heard it here first, so write this down right on the news. I kind of consider myself a bit of a, a bit of a tastemaker in these circles. Little on name called uh, Daniel Garcia. Ever heard of him? Uh, What's going on with him? Don't know. Um, even we were surprised at the. Uh, you know, we, we can't pretend to catch every single minute of Dark and Dark Elevation, but even we were surprised this morning seeing just how much he's worked on Dark and Dark Elevation, considering he was withdrawn seemingly from a few that was about him. I so, thought he was just injured. Yeah, uh, injury or just time off for other reasons, yeah. whatever it was. Sammy Guevara being dropped in uh, is fine because him and Jericho have got all this sort of previous relationship stuff. But the Blackpool Combat Club overlap was all about Garcia. Yeah. We witnessed Garcia having to make the choice and how much of that struggle was. And now he remains back on there. He's working tags. Uh, he's doing stuff with our boys, uh, the former um, Everrise 2.0. Yes. And, uh, like, so they're, they're still all together. There's still Jericho Appreciation Society stuff happen. He is playing the character that we saw him established on television. And yet, I think the last time he worked on Dynamite was in October in the tag that they lost to the Blackpool Combat Club. So... Shit. What's that about? But Garcia is a tremendous best of seven yeah. wrestler. There's a wheelie, a legacy rivalry that would suit that yeah. as well. Just seeing them have this constant competitive energy between the pair. Uh, he's a guy I want more of, and he is the wrestler. Mm. Like of the, he's one of the breakout wrestlers this year, so don't know why he's fell down again. Well, speaking of the best of seven series, the team that are currently competing in it, Young Bucks, are today's and finally, and this is presented without comment. Well, there may be some comments, okay. but they have changed their bio on Twitter mm. to Chicago. This'll be interesting. Dynamite emanating from Chicago this week. Not only was the FCM Punk chance at the pay-per-view, that was then reshared on Being the Elite. So that's going to be... I'm just going to... Like, I haven't got... Ironically, I haven't got a dog in this fight. And (laughs) I'm just going to grab my popcorn on Wednesday night and go, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, I just want to take a bite out of the action. Uh, Like, yeah... Chicago, imagine there is obviously the timeline when none of this happens and MJF celebrating his title win over CM Punk in Chicago would have really been quite something. This is a completely different type of gripping and unique. Uh, 
Um, am I saying that the Young Bucks should enter this time via kicking down a door that's been erected on the stage? Not for me to say. Not for me to say. Uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think they're going to be unanimously booed or cheered. Mm. John Moxley was getting cheers at Chicago before All Out. Uh, MJF was getting cheers yeah. on his return, um, which CM Punk looked none too pleased about the fact that his own sort of his Chicagoans uh, were able to at least support somebody else. So I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as they're the heels in CM Punk's town. Mm. I think they're a, what we've learned from this whole experience is that AEW fans nationwide are very, 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 very loyal to the elite at the expense of just about everything else, and mm. you know more power to them. Uh, so I think that split is going to be well a reason to watch. Uh, yes. It's unmissable stuff on Wednesday. Well, they need a reason to watch judging by those recent ratings. Uh, right, let's know your thoughts on that and everything in today's stories. Oh. Let's know your thoughts in the comments uh, section. Like, share, subscribe, and uh, chat to us on Twitter as well. At WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, you can follow Andy H. Murray uh, at Andy H. Murray. And the H stands for home, which is where football's coming. <laughs> because we thrashed Iran and he's not here to slag it off. Get in! I was going to do the soccer for our American fans who uh, didn't realise there was a second quarter, apparently. Uh, the team didn't show up for the <laughs> third and fourth quarters. Huh? You know, I, can't, I was going to do the score, but you can't do it without using two hands just to do That's hours. Got too many hands. You do, you do hours and I'll do that. Uh, six fingers up. Uh, hang on, one, two, three, four, five. Oh no, it was six. Okay. Yeah, and it was a dodgy penalty. We should have gone to score. We probably should have seven, 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 two, if anything. <laughs> uh, uh, right. <laughs> He's never letting us do the news about himself, nah, is he? This was fun. No, it was good. It was good while it lasted. Uh, right, thanks for watching. We'll see you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.